Well, hello there. It is great to see you again, and welcome back to another installment of Modern Wealth Management. I am your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff, and as always, we have our star of the show, Mr. Derek Hutchins from Monon Wealth Management, joining us here today for another wealth management-related discussion. That's what we do here on the show. Uh, you know, hey, in past episodes, Derek and I have taken deep dives into the various aspects surrounding family wealth, family businesses, and and the, all the intricacies that go into that. And today, what we're going to do is we're going to take a little bit of a different angle towards family businesses and family wealth. Today, what we're acknowledging is these critical wealth planning mistakes of the successful family businesses. And, and the key word there is the successful family businesses. These are the ones that have seen you know, various levels of success. They've scaled up. Uh, you know, They've been able to reach different areas of the country, maybe even the world. So but we're, what we're doing is we're carving out a little time to talk about these mistakes, though, that's holding them back maybe from that extra le you know, level of success you know, and really, really making a, an even larger impact uh, in the world as we know it. So that being said, let's go ahead and bring Derek on and get today's conversation rocking and rolling. Derek, good to see you this morning. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great, Ryan. Thanks for, uh, thanks for hosting us this morning. No problem. Always a good time when we get together, man. Um, today we're talking about these critical wealth planning mistakes of successful family businesses. I right. think it's safe to say, you know, that it takes a lot of working hard and of course working smart. And then you got to navigate those family dynamics along the way, which I think we all know uh, can be a little tricky sometimes, even with our own families. Um, but let's start here, kind of a high level overview, Derek. Talk to me about just the overall need for wealth planning when it comes to family businesses. I think that's a good place for us to start. Why is it important for family businesses to just consider wealth planning in the first place? Okay, well, I appreciate that question, Ryan. You know, first of all, entrepreneurship, business ownership is, is tough. Um, there was, there's this really great post going around Facebook right now, or at least that's where I saw it on Facebook that a lot of my, uh, business owner friends and clients have been, uh, kind of reposting and it talks about the, um, you know, the, the difficulty of being a, a small business owner or a business owner or an entrepreneur, uh, depending upon, you know, who you are. And the, the effort that it takes, uh, the stress that it uh, puts on an individual, not only within the business, but also within their personal life. Mm -hmm. Now, you take that and then you combine that with a family dynamic. And uh, we only see the complications multiply from there. Sure. But I think it's important, though, for the audience to understand just how important uh, family businesses are to the U.S. economy. Uh, this morning, I pulled up a couple of statistics just in, in preparation for our, our show here. Mm -hmm. And I found out that 60% of all the U.S. workforce is currently employed by a family business. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, think about that yeah that's fantastic honestly i mean it makes you feel good about the mom pop you know mom pop shops on the corner yeah, it that's, is 60 percent. that's awesome it is and you know and it goes further to say that you know with everything that's been going on with uh you know socially economically politically all the changes that we've gone through through the pandemic right now family-owned businesses are responsible for creating 78 percent of all the new jobs in the United States. Wow. wow. So, you know, it's 60% total, but that number is, is only growing from here. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, that speaks volumes to the importance of the family business these days. Wow. 78%. That's awesome. That's right. And, you know, and, and when you add all this up, family owned businesses are, are currently contributing more than half, uh, 57% uh, to be exact of the total US GDP. So out of everything that the United States produces, mm-hmm. uh, 57% of that is being produced by a family owned business. So, you know, it's easy in a conversation like this for us to be thinking about, as you said, the small mom and pop shops. And certainly there, uh, there are some of those that are very, very successful. But I think what the audience uh, needs to understand is that the these shops have have gradually grown to be really the workforce of of our U.S. economy, and because of the challenges of not only entrepreneurship but blending in the family dynamics, um, it, it does create um, a significant need for what we call wealth planning. Uh, Most of these firms, when we think about, or most of these companies, these family-owned companies, they're making decisions based upon multiple generations of that family. Mm. You know, often, you know, often the, the, the aim of the family business might be to ensure continuity making sure that the business continues to thrive over time and over different generations. And with a primary goal for a lot of these owners of uh, of maintaining that family-like control. So I say this to you because when you combine complexity with a huge need and a huge want of maintaining this continuity, it really lends itself well to the kind of work that we do. Mm-hmm. So I would imagine though, given all those moving parts that you had mentioned just within, uh, you know, a business owner, entrepreneur, and all the juggles, you know, that they're, they're having on a day-to-day basis, coupled with the dynamics, uh, you know, the family dynamics, of course, I think it's safe to say there's certainly a risk for mistakes. Talk to me about this risk and how that comes into the equation here. Yeah, I mean, certainly there's a there's an opportunity for mistakes. I mean, so we, we've talked about the fact that these businesses have become larger. Mm-hmm. Therefore, they have more stakeholders, right? Mm-hmm. Not only do yep. they have the original owners, they have uh, maybe the next generation in line. But remember, we just talked about that. What was it? 60% of mm-hmm. the workforce is um, is involved with one of these companies. So the success of this business is also really important to all those other families out there, their stakeholders as well. And so, um, you know, so of course there, you know, when you add importance and complexity, you, you obviously get a lot of opportunity to, to, to make some errors. Sure. So, so Derek, when it comes to family business owners and really the decision makers, uh, for that given business, what should they be looking for in their wealth planner? You know, obviously we're taught, we've, we've acknowledged the need for wealth planning, but what should they be looking for in their wealth manager, their wealth planner, uh, to ensure that there's a good fit there and the business itself can thrive, let alone the family itself. Well, it's, you know, so this is probably the very first area that we see family businesses making a mistake. 
okay. is that they're either, either they're not working with a, a wealth planner or they're working with the wrong wealth planner. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, when we talk about wealth planning, you know, what we're typically talking about is, you know, combining strategies around investing, uh, legal, uh, taxes, and, you know, combining these together so that they, that they really integrate in a, in a synergistic manner, um, and just really all work, work together. And so, you know, when, when, what we see is, is that family, family businesses typically do a great job of finding people with technical expertise. Mm-hmm. You know, if they believe that they need some life insurance, they're typically really, really good at going out there and finding a great life insurance professional. If they have, uh, you know, everybody has to file taxes. I would say that most of the firms that I talk with are working with pretty good tax professionals, you know, that are sure. technically uh, sound. They're putting good strategies together that, mm-hmm. that do minimize taxes uh, for that family. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, but what I, what I miss here is, is that, is that while most family businesses are out there and they're approaching technically technical experts um, that are really great at either a, a specific product or a specific solution. Mm-hmm. What they, what they're missing is that professional to come in and go deeper with them and really under uh, uncover what is it that they really are trying to achieve? Mm-hmm. Who is it that is really important and bringing in, instead of just one strategy, bringing in a more client-centric focus where the yeah. focus isn't on any one particular strategy. The focus is on the family. The sure, focus sure. is on the business. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, think about how many times you've had a conversation with somebody, Derek, where where they're, they're listening. They're asking great questions. They want to yeah. get to know you and what makes you tick. I mean, you feel like... like they're, they've got your best interests in mind, in addition to that technical experience, that expertise that you're bringing to the table. So I hear you loud and clear. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a saying in our business, and that is a, a wealth planner who only has a hammer is going to see every problem yeah. in their in, in their personal or business as a nail. Sure. Okay. Um, that's just the way it goes. So if you bring in a technical expert on any one specific topic, I can promise you that they're going to come in and that's what they're going to attempt to implement. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what we really need to do is, you know, instead of these advisors um, coming in, you know, with a preconceived notion as to what it is that they're there to do with these cutting edge strategies, what we really want to see is uh, our clients work with wealth managers who come in really with no agenda at all other than to understand the situation and to try and move the ball forward based upon what that family business and those family owners are are really looking to achieve. Roger that's we, a, we, there we is. call that the human element. 
Okay. Gotcha. And, and, and for, for our audience, you know, I mean, we've, you know, Derek, you and I, we've taken a deep dive into what that human element entails really into the nitty gritty. So for anybody that's interested in, in more of this, you know, there, you can of course check out a past episode of the podcast and, and dive into really what that human element entails. But Derek gave us a great high level overview there for you. Um, Derek, let's let's shift to maybe another mistake now. Uh, you know, what's what's another big mistake? I mean, we talk about working with the right wealth manager. Okay, that's our first one. What's what's the next one that you see? Maybe within the relationship of the wealth manager, or what are you seeing on this front? Um, you know, I, I would say that you know, just to continue to go down that way, you know, picking out uh, wealth planners who are less product oriented, you know, and obviously more focused on providing those personal solutions. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, these professionals, they really should develop some deep insights into, into these, into these families and into their situation. And of course, uh, after you, you know, and after you, you use the, the human element after that, you know, after that has been, um, implemented, you know, the next thing is, is of course you have to have the highest quality expertise that's really available to address those family goals and, um, and, and pressing concerns. You know, I, I, I have a lot of examples. You and I were talking before the show that I was Mm -hmm. excited to do this because working with family businesses is the primary cornerstone of the business that I've created here. Mm -hmm. When I think about my very, uh, my, my most successful clients, most of them, were entrepreneurs in a family-owned business. And yeah. I got to a chance to meet them through the planning for that business. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, just one that, that comes to co- comes to mind, they a uh, great family on the east side of Indianapolis, own a manufacturing facility. And before I got involved, there was no shortage of professional technical expertise in place. Mm-hmm. They had the best lawyers uh, in town. They had the best tax attorneys in town. Um, you know, but, and they had actually spent quite a bit of money over the previous years before I got involved in mm-hmm. in attempting to do some of these strategies. But Unfortunately, while the strategies were technically sound, yeah, they didn't line up with they didn't line up with how the business currently operates. No, oh, wow. they didn't. They didn't align with the core beliefs of the client, mm-hmm. and so therefore, believe it or not, nothing was ever implemented. Wow, there were a, lot, a lot of professional fees paid, but nothing was ever actually done. So mm-hmm. what we what we did there is, is we just you know we started from scratch, and uh, and ultimately of course we did bring back some of that technical expertise. You know that those it's not like those were all bad ideas. Sure, fact, we used a lot of them. Yeah, but we put them into the context of how the client actually wanted the planning to work, so that it not only worked for them, but it mm-hmm. worked for the business. And it worked for the next generation. Yeah, no, that, I mean, that makes all the sense of the world, Derek. So, and what was that relationship like once, once you started those discussions and, and getting to know that client on a deeper level and trying to find those solutions that make the most sense to them, what was their reaction to that process? Well, you know, 
I want to say that their reaction was good, but I think that the best thing that you can say is that at the end of the engagement, you know, after going through the process, they came out of it with an an, an estate plan that worked for them in the business and that ultimately was implemented as well as described and explained to all the heirs so that everybody understood what was going on and that there was a clear path moving forward. So, you know, it's great to say, oh, it was wonderful. We all sat around, sing Kumbaya, you know, hugged each other. That's great. But if nothing actually happens to move the ball forward, then what good is it? Sure. And so at the end of the engagement, I would say that the clients feel as though the wealth planning that they currently have in place is now aligned with who they are as people, what the business is and how it runs and what they want for their heirs. And that's, that's the most we can really hope for. Absolutely. And Derek, one big thing that we talk about on this show, I mean, obviously it's, it's just a facet of the overall wealth planning, you know, picture and what you guys do for your clients is the idea of mitigating, you know, minimizing taxes, you know, making sure the government doesn't take more than their fair share. I mean, this is a, a topic we've discussed a lot on this show. I would imagine that this, just this, you know, this is a big conversation of mitigating, you know, and minimizing taxes overall. I would imagine that this there's there's a mistake that successful family businesses are making when it comes to the taxes in particular. Uh, do you have one that you might be able to mention for us today? Well, yeah, let, I've got plenty of examples, but let's <laughs> sure. let's, refer, let, let's frame this up for a second. Uh-huh. And you're you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, here we are. It's uh, March 23, 2022. So we've got tax deadline right around the corner, but uh, mm-hmm. for us as individuals, but um, but corporate but corporate taxes have already been owed, uh, already right. due. They were due eight days ago, and so you know we're in this time period where everybody has an interest in reducing taxes, and for successful business owners, guess what? They're so successful that they pay the most taxes typically. So any kind of tax strategies that that professionals, uh, wealth managers, you know, tax managers, whatever, uh, whatever they can put in place has even a higher impact on these families because a lot of them are are high earners. So as we're going through uh, this time period, hey, what are we going to do about taxes comes up a lot. And, and you know what, Ryan, there's a lot of things that we can do around taxes. Sure. You know, we, we can restructure, uh, we can restructure businesses to reduce or eliminate, even eliminate current income taxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can, you can restructure businesses to, to better manage risk or even to transfer the business to the next generation at, at a lower cost basis. All mm-hmm. of these things are. Um, are advantageous as it relates to mitigating taxes. Um, But with that being said, I'd say, you know, one of the biggest mistakes that I see is people putting that mitigating taxes on the top of the list Mm. and then realizing, oh, well, if I do that, then all of a sudden these other goals, the things that are really important to me 
well, they're they're negatively affected. Let sure. me give you a, let me give you an example. Please, please, that'd be great. Um, great client of mine, a uh, good friend I've <laughs> good friend I've had since since high school, actually before then, but he's become a successful business owner, owns a couple different chains of restaurants and and so forth and um, and you know what? He's he's been very successful. He's done very well, and he pays a lot of taxes. And he comes into my office a couple of weeks ago and says, "Hey, you know, I'm gonna I'm supposed to pay this great big uh, tax bill, but here's a strategy that somebody has shown me, where if I do this, then all of a sudden I get to reduce my taxes significantly." almost to the point of nothing. Sounds great. Does sound great. And I was mm -hmm. interested in it. Uh, sure. And so I, I took the information from him, um, let him leave. And I spent uh, some time decoding it and so sure. forth. And what I let him know is, is that while it absolutely would, in fact, decrease the amount of taxes that he had, what it also did is put 100% of his wealth in the way of creditors, um, anybody that would have a uh, a legal obligation or uh, or problem yeah. with him, uh -huh. and it put so by mitigating these taxes, it gave him um, basically infinity amount of risk wow. with the rest of his money. So congratulations, you saved. <laughs> You know, you saved a couple hundred thousand dollars yeah. of taxes in 2022. But if something negative happens in 2023, they can get you for everything. Sure, sure. But, you know, uh, client, did you did you know that? No, mm -hmm. I, I would never do something like that. Well, of course you wouldn't. But part mm -hmm. of my job is to make sure that we're not so focused on tax yeah. mitigation that we're then putting the rest of your wealth really at risk. And that's at just risk. a perfect example of, of, of some that we've seen. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, I mean, it's a give and take there. Uh, sure. It sounds great. hundred percent tax mitigation. Woo. I mean, anybody can get down with that, but right. good to know that uh, good to know that there's obviously uh, there's a, you know, a second variable at play there in, in that level of risk. A great example there, Derek. Um, Kind of maybe sh let's shift to another another you know critical wealth planning mistake you're seeing successful family businesses make. You mentioned this is the cornerstone of your business. You're doing it a lot with these guys. What's a what's a third mistake that you're seeing, Derek? Being secretive. Oh, um, okay. We don't see this as often anymore as okay. what we used to. Uh, people have begun to open up a little bit, but you know there there is still a a group of people out there that believe, Hey, my money is mine. And, you know, and it's not really polite to talk about money at the dinner table. Right. I mean, that used to be, that used to be right. something that the, the U S hung their hat on. Sure. Sure. You know, and, and while it sounds great that, Hey, we're going to be secretive and, and, uh, and the intentions of it are actually good. You know, mm -hmm. so that that way, you know, the objective typically is, is to, to create and or maintain cohesion of of the family, mm -hmm. you know, not letting the heirs really concern themselves with what's coming next. It all sure. sounds great, but it usually proves to be counterproductive. 
Mm-hmm. What we find is, yeah, well, what we find is, is that making sure that all the heirs are in the know mm-hmm. and are really at the table, it actually lessens possible future conflicts. Hmm. You know, you don't, you know, the, the worst thing that you can possibly have, uh, have is that, uh, you know, once the business owner passes away, everybody has to gather around for the reading of the will to find right. out whether or not they're in it. And it's right? always a dramatic scene in the movie. It, you know? It's a great <laughs> movie scene. I, I don't know if <laughs> it really is. ever happened in real life, but it's a perfect movie scene. Sure. But, you know, that, you know, it may not happen exactly like that, but what we actually find is, is that that the kids just aren't in the know of what the long-term plans are for the business until really the, you know, the parents or the original owner is really getting close to getting out of the picture, whether that's because of Mm -hmm. health or disability or, you know, retirement or whatever. It's like, Hey, you know, I didn't involve you in the conversation, but here's what I've decided to do. Yeah. that may not work out for everybody else. Sure. Okay. Sure. What, you know, you got to think, I mean, there are, there are some, uh, there are some children uh, of successful business owners that, that are excited about carrying on the legacy of that mm-hmm. business and, and growing and expanding it. And there are others that would much rather just have the cash. Sure. Sure. It's so much more productive to have these conversations while everybody's getting along, everybody's healthy and and there's, there's a plenty long runway so that we can make adjustments along the way. I'm just going to give you a a great example that, that literally happened over the last 12 months. Um, Long-term clients uh, have built an, a wonderful, wonderful business uh, very profitable and continues to grow. Well, the, the founding owner had some significant changes in, in his life. He, um, let's just say he decided that he didn't want to, to run the business anymore. And up to that point, his boys really hadn't, they had been involved, but not never shown that they wanted to take over. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. And so his thought was, hey, I've built this great business. You know, it may be worth what, upward of $100 million, certainly enough money to take care of him and the boys. Okay. Sure. Um, and, and so the intention was, is, hey, you know, the market's high, you know, the, the private equity companies are after us, meaning in a good way. Um, mm-hmm. maybe this is a perfect opportunity for us to cash out and go do, go do something else. And so by the time I got involved, uh, the owner was, was pretty far down that path. He, um, he had met with investment bankers. He was talking to possible suitors to buy the business. So they wow. were negotiating pricing. Okay. Wow. Need to do that. And it turns out once the boys got looped back in. Well, what they actually wanted was a lot different than what, than what mm-hmm. their dad thought they wanted. Okay. They not only wanted a larger piece of being involved in the business, 
they were looking forward and had plans drawn up to grow the business. Oh boy. Wow. Talk about okay. a disconnect. Oh my goodness. And, and and here's the thing. Nothing made this guy more happy than his sons than realizing his sons wanted to step up and take control of this he thing. He just didn't know. He didn't want to sell it. Uh-huh. It's just that up to that point, there'd been kind of a lack of communication. Sure, as sure. To how can this transaction uh, go down? And like mm-hmm. I said, you know, this was, you know, this this was brought about by a, a significant change in his life, and and I can understand, mm-hmm. you know, how how things go. But you know, you ask me what what's one of the problems we see? Hey, those conversations need to be have be, need to be uh, be had well in advance and yeah. continually have them so that they can grow over time. Mm-hmm. The old days of hey, my money's mine, and and you'll know about it when it's yours, right? That, that sounds good, but it does not, in reality, um, help us fulfill our goals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a process of preparing the heirs for that day the inheritance comes. I mean, that's that's a fantastic example. I mean, what the what the patriarch wanted was what the you know the boys wanted. And, they were perfectly and they, aligned. They just didn't right. know it. Oh my gosh, you just got to talk. And that just goes bad. I mean, Derek, we've talked about family businesses on this show so many times, but communication, man, it's always at the forefront of concern. And and when it's not happening, that's when the issues are, are coming into play. So that's a great third mistake. That idea of being secretive about the wealth planning, there's no need for it anymore. Have these conversations, get them done early, make sure they're ongoing. Um, Speaking of the word ongoing, Derek, I know when you and I were yeah. chatting before this this episode, uh, the idea of of up to date, regular, you know, ongoing maintenance, shall we say, when it comes mm-hmm. to a wealth plan, this is one that you tend to see. Talk about this, you know, this idea of your the fourth mistake that you're seeing families make. Well, what we you know the the process of good wealth planning does take some time. All right, sure. it has sure. to be well thought out. There has to be uh, plenty of technical expertise ultimately brought in after a yeah. path is determined. And, you know, and, and so it's not it's not like it's a, a 30 minute visit to your CPA's office. Right. It doesn't <laughs> no, work no, no. out. It does, it's not like that. And so because right. of the complexity, because of the amount of time and thought that it takes, uh, what we see, you know, the, the next problem that we see is that. Uh, families, once they go through the process of wealth planning, they mm-hmm. say, Hey, you know, I've checked the box and right. it's done. Uh, All I, done. I, I have now done my wealth planning. And, um, and so now I can get on to whatever is next. Sure. You know, the reality is, is that, uh, listen, I mean, I've been in this business now for well over 20 years. I've seen tax law changes. Uh, I don't know, at least seven times. Um, and, you know, certainly the economy, you know, seems to change every couple of years and we're never mm-hmm. real sure as to, to what it's going. But the other thing that happens is, is that family dynamics change. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, when you're dealing with uh, different people, what they want out of life. Well, that's that's ever evolving. I can I can mm-hmm. just tell you, you know, what I want out of life today is different than what it was 10 years ago before I ever had children. Right. So, you know, this is a moving target. And so therefore, even when you have a great wealth management plan built, there needs to be a systematic process put in place, not haphazard, 
systematic so that it's constantly being evaluated to make sure that it represents what we're actually trying to do and represents what the current state of possibilities are. Sure. So Derek, in that instance, like, let's say we have an instance of, of a family like that. They, they did their wealth planning, right. And it, it got done in their mind. Wasn't yep. necessarily accurate, up-to-date ongoing. What should a family then do if they find themselves in a situation where their plan is outdated and it's time to get back to the drawing board because circumstances have changed? Well, I mean, if you've already realized that the plan is out of date because mm -hmm. something's changed. Well, at that point, you know, the, that's an easier situation, really. Right, right. You can say, hey, this is the way that the business was designed to go to the heirs equally or, or whatever. And now all mm -hmm. of a sudden, uh, you know, let's say something really terrible. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe one of the heirs has passed, has, has passed away, predeceased his parents. Okay. Mm. That'd be a terrible okay. situation. Absolutely. But it, but it would certainly be a time where, um, where a client would go ahead and raise their hand and say, Hey, e e you know, I can acknowledge and I can see that we have a problem. Sure. Um, and if that happens, you know, then you just have to go back to the drawing board and, 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 you know, and make some, make some adjustments. What we see mm -hmm. even more often than that though, Ryan is, is that people don't understand that there's an issue. You know, um, if you own a business and you, uh, that's worth, let's just say 5 million bucks and you do your wealth planning around the business when it's 5 million and then 20 years later, eh, let's not even go 20, 10 years later, because of hard work and a little bit of luck, it's now worth 50 million. Wow. Your planning is out of date. Oh my gosh. Okay. All of a sudden the assumptions that you made around taxes, inheritance, ongoing continuity, um, you know, yeah. the catch out potential, sure. All of those things need to be reevaluated and, and put in context as to what current tax laws are, mm -hmm. you know, you know, here we are in 2022, uh, it's hard for me to believe that we haven't had any tax reform over right. the last uh, 15, 16 months, but mm -hmm. we haven't. But at some point we're going to. Sure. Right now we have an extremely high estate, federal estate tax exclusion. Well, it's scheduled to it's scheduled to to come down and with the stroke of a pen, it could come significantly down. Mm -hmm. well, these are things that need to be evaluated because if your business has been growing and now all of a sudden the, um, you know, the tax impact, the tax laws have changed. Well, this is, this is the signal that, Hey, we need to reevaluate the plan and see what's going on. That's just one example. Other examples could be, um, you know, new grandkids in the picture, new, uh, business opportunities. You know, you had a, you had one business and you, uh, you know, it's got a side venture. What am I going to do with that side venture? All of these are opportunities to reevaluate the plan, make sure that the core of it is still in line with the core fundamentals of that family and that the, um, that the integrity of the plan as it relates to the laws and the opportunities mm -hmm. that exist in, in, in this marketplace. 
are, mm -hmm. are really best in class. Yeah. Yeah. So, so four big mistakes right there that we've gone through the idea of, of making sure you work with the right wealth managers, got your, you know, your goals and interests in mind, Derek, you had mentioned that over-focus on taxes, mitigating taxes, because, Hey, that plan's going to come with some, some, you know, consequences and let's make sure that those don't completely put you at risk. Uh, yeah. the third, third being, uh, just really taking a look and making sure that you're not being secretive about, about the wealth planning, you know, communicating. That was a great example. The dad wanted the you know sons to be involved in the business. Of course they wanted to as well. That's a fantastic example. And then fourth year, just that idea of keeping wealth planning up to date, Derek, let's round out our episode here today. The big number five, what is the fifth and final, uh, you know, critical wealth planning mistake that you're seeing family businesses make these days? This is a big one. Okay. And one of the largest mistakes that I, I see is that the family views the sell or the sale of the business mm -hmm. as somehow failing in some way. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. I've got a, I've got a, I've got a great story. I've got a client Please. that he, um, he inherited his business from his father who his father ran the business until he was 85 years old. And then the son who at that point was now 60, 65 began what? running the business. <laughs> wow. And his son. So now the third generation is coming up yep. behind and is an integral part of the business mm -hmm. um, with every intention, no, you know, of, of carrying on this legacy and this family owned business, you know, just being passed from generation to generation. Well, they happen to be in a business that over the last couple of years has exploded in price. Okay. And so, you know, just to use, you know, maybe some numbers, um, you know, 10 years ago, maybe the business was worth 10 million. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, they have a private equity firm that approached them for upwards, you know, just a few years later, closer to 50 million. Wow. wow. Okay. And we're really talking about life changing money here. Mm-hmm. And as I consulted with the, um, the owner, of course he knew he should take the money. Sure. All right. As a matter of yeah. fact, he told me this buyer is completely overpaying for this. <laughs> wow. It's, he goes, I don't know what they're thinking. It's a no brainer. <laughs> it was almost like we weren't so sure it was real. Sure. Sure. Even then. He, he was hesitant to pull the trigger. Why? Because of his son. Mm -hmm. He wanted to, you know, think about this. He had yeah. inherited it from his father. He right. had run it, and then he was going to pass it on to his yeah. son. It's generational value. And here. there was, uh, truthfully, I mean, it, 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 it took some real soul searching to decide what they should do or what they mm -hmm. wanted to do. He, yeah. he did view it as, hey, if I sell the business in some way, I've failed. In this office that I'm sitting right now, I looked across the table at him and I said, you've won. You haven't failed. 
You won. Yeah. Now yeah. let's go win at something else. I love that. I love that. I mean, that's that is life changing money. That's what you said. I mean, you there you could do anything with that, and go win at something. Uh, perfect, perfect. And what was his reaction to that, Derek? It was speaking truth. Mm-hmm. He knew it was true. He just needed somebody to tell him. He yeah. needed the permission slip because, you know, listen. I mean, uh, you know, m- money isn't everything. We know that. Okay, we get emotional ties to money. We get emotional ties to our business. We get emotional ties to inanimate objects. I mean, you know, all (laughs) kinds of different crazy stuff, right? Sure. So sometimes, you know, you just need an outside counsel to say, you've won. Mm -hmm. You haven't lost. And as a matter of fact, he he was going into telling me how running this business his whole life what it had cost him, not financially, but Mm -hmm. personally. Sure. The turmoils of the ups and downs and the sleepless nights and so forth. And yet he couldn't wait to pass that on to his son. Right, right. (laughs) So funny and and how backwards that is. And so yet when we reframe it like that, say, you know, you you, you didn't lose, you won. Mm -hmm. This mm-hmm. is th- this is it. You've hit the goalpost. And now, of course, you get to do more for your son than you ever would have by passing this business along. Right. right. And he can go chase whatever's next for him. Mm-hmm. The, the freedom for decision making and opportunity chasing is, yeah, I mean, the world is, is your oyster at that point. And that's right. That's that's a fantastic example. So, so I, I, so I would say I, I want to cl- conclude with that because mm-hmm. uh, so many different family businesses, especially, get an emotional attachment to that business, which is great. That's probably yeah. why it's been so successful. But, right. um, but that also can be, you know, constricting to mm-hmm. the future possibilities that you and your family can have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Derek, we've, we've covered a lot in terms of these, these, there's a lot to unpack within each of these, these, you know, mistakes that you see family businesses making. And again, these are the successful family businesses, the mistakes that they're making, you know, that's it, that, that is important to call out because I mean, they've achieved a level of success of success, but they're still making these little mistakes that can hold them back that much more. Um, Derek, let's say somebody out there in our audience, uh, you know, this today's conversations resonating with them. Maybe they even have a a family business of their own. Uh, Mm -hmm. And let's say maybe they're interested in reaching out to you and your team just to just to talk just about their own unique circumstance. You know, maybe they've got a particular thought on their mind. Maybe even they're making one of these mistakes and they want to get your feedback on it. What would you say is the best way they could reach out to you and your team and maybe just open up a dialogue? Well, the best way by far and away, the best way to reach out to us is to give us a call here at the office. Look us up online. You know, we're mononwealth.com. We have a, we have our phone number on there. We've got our uh, an info email if you prefer to email to us. And and what I want you to know is that uh, there's no preconceived notions here as to what it is that you want to do. I don't know which of these mistakes, if any, you're making up to this point. Uh, what we want to do is have an honest conversation with you about you know where you're at today. Where is it that you and your business are trying to go? And what kind of unique planning opportunities could we put together to ensure 
that that happens. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the work that we do. And, you know, working with family businesses has been a, a core specialty of mine for the majority of my career. And it's definitely something that I, I have enjoyed doing. Sure. Sure. Well, Derek, look, uh, I appreciate you carving some time out of your busy day. You have a company to run. You got clients to treat. And I do. Uh, I've got my own family business to run. Exactly. Exactly. So we'll let you get back to doing that. But look, hey, again, thanks for carving some time out to be with us here. Uh, dive into these mistakes and, uh, you know, wish you the best and looking forward to having you back on the next one. All right. Thanks, Ryan. I appreciate it. Of course. Uh, hey, look, and as always, we want to take one final moment. Thank you guys, our audience, right, for jumping aboard, being with us on the conversation and the, the episode today. If you took anything away from it, go ahead and hit that like button, comment on the show, subscribe to it, of course, on whichever platform you're checking us out on today, and then share this information, right? Hit that share button. Let friends, family, business owners know we've got a show full of great stuff for them. You know, these are the same context, you know, conversations, strategies, solutions. These are the same conversations that Derek is having with his clients over at Monon Wealth Management. And we're bringing them right here to you guys on this show. We've got some great stuff teed up for you in future episodes that we would hate to have you miss out on. So for Mr. Derek Hutchins, I'm Ryan Ruff. We're going to go ahead and say so long, but we appreciate you guys being with us on today's installment of Modern Wealth Management.